Before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're going to love. Hey, I'm Talisa. And I'm Sarah. We're the hosts of The Shit Show. A half-assed true crime podcast. Yeah, we're two moms who sit around chatting about true crime. Each week we cover lesser-known cases and talk about the shit shows that are our lives. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, um, and pretty much on any other platform that you would listen to a podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Shit Show TCP. Hey, bye. Hey, bye. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. It's time for Perhaps It's You, your favorite Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Samantha. And we have a very special guest with us today. It's friend of the pod and your favorite ghost slut, Arden. Favorite and only trademark ghost <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Arden, if there were a hundred ghost sluts, you would still be you would still be yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no contest. I'm growing a legion of fellow ghost sluts, so... <laughs> I am constantly sending Arden tattoo <laughs> images that I find on Instagram that are somehow ghost slut related. Like, and I never get sick of it. <laughs> that it's somehow. Yeah, it's a surprising number of tattoos also of just like a slutty ghost. And I'm it's like, yes. one artist who's that's like. <laughs> and now I kind of want one from her. I like, think you need one. If I was ever in L.A. post plague with money to burn, um, I would I think it needs get one. To, I think it needs to happen. You know when you when you learn a new word for the first time and then suddenly you hear that word all the time in your everyday yes. life? It's one of those things. You've never seen a ghost slut tattoo until you, <laughs> until you yeah. suddenly know what ghost slut is and then yeah. they're all over your Instagram. You're like a stripper shoe with a ghost like shining at the giant thing. The giant soul. Yeah. Oh, perfect. I love the little pinup ones too. I think that that would be like the style of ghost slut that I would get personally. Um, it doesn't really match the vibe of any of my other tattoos, but who cares? Yeah, that's not important. I don't no. think that's a thing. No, I'm not a coloring book. You know, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. I can. How many ghost slut tattoos are you going to get, Samantha? <laughs> At least five. Yeah. Uh, perfect. How's that Gordon Ramsay uh, is daddy tramp stamp coming along? <laughs> Well, COVID put a, a halt on yeah. my yeah. tattoo plan. Yeah. But you know what? I'm, my my Gordon Ramsay is a daddy sleeve. <laughs> Full sleeve. Full color. We do it in my basement every session. Every no, uh, <laughs> only in my dreams. I mean, that's like a good dream to have. Not that dream where you show up somewhere and you realize no one is wearing a mask and you're not wearing a mask and you're going to oh die. That's, so the new, that's the new you show up to class naked or whatever. Yes. <laughs> the worst yeah. dream. Yeah. yeah. I had a dream that my mom took me bowling in El Paso and I got COVID. Thanks a lot, oh, mom. God. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that. I was like, what a sad way to get COVID. Although, do y'all have the thing where every time you have any maybe tangible symptom – of anything. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I could stub my toe and be like, <gasps> <laughs> it's going. Can I still smell? Am I? Hi. Okay? I had to clear my throat the other day and I was like, could this be COVID? This is why I need to keep buying perfume off eBay so yes. I can spray it and then go, oh, I can still smell. I must be fine. That's my, <laughs> that's my test. 
Yes. And it's really a healthcare. Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, and like, the problem is, is I feel gross most of the time, but especially in winter, I just generally feel sure. terrible. I should not live here. Um, and yet, here I am. <laughs> like, the only time I felt like in good health all of last winter was when I was in New Orleans. And I was like, oh, wow, I think this might be what your body based. <laughs> yeah, what your body actually wants. I know. Climate and French 75 induced health. Um, <laughs> we need but, to get enough podcast that we can all start snowboarding in New Orleans in the winter. That's the yeah. ultimate dream. Yes. Oh, we'll, that would be amazing. We'll just be here for for the one week of spring, summer, fall. <laughs> we'll be here during hurricane season. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we'll go and, you know, learn about ghosts and eat jambalaya. Yeah. Oh, God. I want to cry <sighs> thinking about that right now. I know. Okay, like- that's so sad. I want to cry thinking about going to, like, you know, Olive Garden right now. So. <laughs> right. Suddenly all these things sound really good. I scared yeah. Samantha by being like, I want, I would go to a wedding right now. Yes. That did yeah. scare me. I'm like, <laughs> Liz blinked twice. <laughs> I was like, I just want to get dressed up. I want to spend, like, five hours getting ready for something. Five like listeners. Liz once thanked me for not inviting her to my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I was like, I just gonna buy you a present. That's it. Perfect. My wedding was great. There was tacos and like bottomless self serve margaritas. So you missed. Well, that, now but... you're making me take it back. But <laughs> I still, do. I still appreciate the thought of not inviting me. Yeah, we had fun. a we had a no new friends <laughs> policy for a wedding because <laughs> my husband is way more of an introvert, and I already was like dominating the guest list. So I was like, okay. Only like you're, just, you're just too popular. I hear you. Yeah, it's a problem. It's like how no one takes me seriously. I'm too pretty. <laughs> That's My another. <laughs> I can see you having that problem, but I, I really don't. I promise. <laughs> but forget that I'm also a catfish. I'm really glad that we're not like video recording right now. I'm really. Oh, too oh my god! No, like, never. Five percent of the time. Uh- <laughs> I never have to leave the house. I live in pajamas, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah, there's there's no way we would video record this podcast because I still put on real clothes because otherwise I get way too depressed. But um, like my hair is still drying, <laughs> no makeup, glasses on, settling in, I'm drinking wine out of a Halloween glass. You that know? all sounds pretty good. Yeah, I see no problem. <laughs> all sounds yeah, nice and cozy. Yeah. Well, we brought Arden on today I, to do all of our work for us, basically. Yeah. I have wanted to have you back on the podcast for a while, and Anastasia seemed like the ripe opportunity. I knew you had a lot of opinions. I do have a lot of opinions. And then this turned out to be the longest segment since Alcatraz. Oh yeah. It's- why is there so much Anastasia information? And why is some of it the same as other Anastasia information we already went over? We noticed that it was originally aired in three parts, which seems like uh, two and a half parts too many. I assume I, they like, had to recap some of the information in the, you know, sure, you right. sure. since your last Anastasia episode. Yeah. So you had to. Can you imagine being like, can't wait to tune back in, find out what happens? <laughs> Well, they don't even know if you saw that, right? And you're like flipping through the channels and then you come back and you're like, who was Anastasia? What's happening? Yeah. Before we get started, I do have one 
update. Oh, right. I forgot about that part of the show. <laughs> well, they're not big updates, but I did want to give a thank you to two people, to Robin and to Patrick, who sent us some uh, holiday treats from our Amazon Aww. wish list. Uh, it was a very pleasant surprise. They came on the same day at different times. So we got two packages addressed oh, yeah. to the podcast on the same day at different times, and I really appreciated it. So they're both snacks. Yes, I'm actually saving um, the box of snacks that Robin sent um, because uh, I, I think they're going to keep until Liz and I can have an outdoor uh, picnic of some sort and enjoy our snacks together. We also got cheesies from Patrick, which I really appreciate. Oh, man. Patrick, I know you were concerned that there was only one bag left in stock, but what you didn't know is that the big boy cheesies, which are what we put on our Amazon wish list, have three little bags inside. Ooh. So, <laughs> so uh-huh. there's one for me, one for Liz, and then I did let my husband take the other one. Uh, is it, but are I'm they saving like them a, for well. a time locked vault to ensure that <laughs> I did put them in the other room, so I. I put them in the other room so one, I wouldn't be tempted. <laughs> Two, my husband wouldn't sneak them. And wow. three, my dogs wouldn't climb on the counter and snatch them, which are all good possibilities. So yeah, they're actually in a drawer in the other room. Right. <laughs> Waiting. I did I maybe ate a few of the little snacks that came in, in the box. Samantha! But there's plenty more, so don't worry about it. All right, it's fine. I'm just so- jealous. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of sucks that we can't have snack time anymore and maybe some I, i'm sure some listeners to our podcast appreciate that we don't spend like 20 minutes at the beginning of each episode <laughs> making mouth noises and eating snacks but that was always one of my favorite parts of recording in person and we don't get I that don't anymore. but i've gotten the honor to you know hear your mouth noises in real life so i mean it's, it's quite an honor yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. thank you so much <laughs> Arden has seen us really plow down some all-you-can-eat sushi, so she's she's very familiar with well, our mouth I look noises. Like no face and spirited away whenever we go <laughs> for all-you-can-eat sushi, so I cannot judge you. In fact, I'm not even looking usually. Uh, uh, oh, that's true. I have no idea how much anyone else eats. I'm very laser focused. <laughs> I got oh, work yeah. to do. Oh, yeah. Chris always looks concerned. And that's my favorite part. You know you're doing all you can eat sushi correctly when your waitress has a little bit of an apprehensive look. Like they're a little worried about how much you're eating and or if you frighten other patrons <laughs> in the restaurant. I remember one specific instance, which I was actually there with my work. And the people that I work with can eat a lot of sushi. Like they put us yeah. to shame. And we were yeah. on the we were on the opposite side of a hibachi from a group that clearly has never been there before. And they each ordered like one roll. You know, they, they, their order came and they each had like one little roll. And meanwhile, plates upon plates of sushi are showing up to our table and just like shoveling it down. You got to get your money's worth when you go for all you can. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Particularly sushi. And it's such a deal, really. It's a heads up fast. I know it's been mentioned before, but hearing Samantha order sushi, it's just chef's kiss. The sexiest thing. I'm it like, really is. I'm like, marry me. I've got like, a <laughs> my husband would never order sushi like that. Where Samantha's like, like okay, this. we're gonna take four of this roll. Two yep. of it's just like it's just like this whole thing off the top of her head, and everybody's just looking at her like, who is this angel? Got it. Yeah, it's one of my only talents. It's it's the so one. so great. Yeah. Oh my god. 
<laughs> Kyoto, I miss you so much. Uh, but we are on, if you're watching along at home, season six, episode three. I'm pulling up my notes because there's there's some great stack quotes, which I'm like, calm down. <laughs> he can't. He's too excited. I am insanely extra. And so like game recognized game. But um, I in my notes last night, I wrote, LOL. OK, Rob. <laughs> uh, Do you think, you think Robert Stack thinks of himself as like American royalty? He's like, finally, a story that's on like my level. Yes. I she was more royal than a princess. <laughs> I don't remember that one. What does that mean? I don't Nothing. know. It's just a different structure of monarchy. It doesn't like. Okay. Okay. No, more royal than a princess artist. K K K Rob. Um so she was more royal to princess. Also, as we journey to Russia, y'all did not go to Russia. That was not in the budget. You, you <laughs> took that with your, your Are you call, Are you calling Robert Stack a liar? Mm, I'm not calling him a truther. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna say the like the, the set for this mystery really did look like it was someone's basement. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Thank you. I get that, you know, it's like a like Russian bunker or something is the majority of it. But also, I want to talk about the weird discrepancies in historical fashion because sometimes it's really good in this, like, yeah. segment. And sometimes it's terrible. Like, there, I get that, you know, you're not, like, dressing up for your execution, maybe. I would, personally. But <laughs> I, they were, I mean, if I knew, I absolutely they knew. would. They weren't prepared, which is fair. <laughs> Like the, they had time the to put on their jewel-hidden yeah, horses, though. They used to give them half an hour to dress, which I'm like, that seems pretty reasonable. That's what I used to do with myself <laughs> working from home. And I'm not putting on jewel corsets. Like you see, it takes me two minutes to get dressed and walk to my office. But You don't I have mean, a, a corset, a jewel-hiding corset. I do have my regular corsets that I put on to work from home with camera off, but no. <laughs> I ha- actually, I'll take that back. I have been known to wear a corset while working I, from home. I <laughs> do not doubt it. Yeah, that's that's how I picture you in my mind. So As you should. I'm gonna send you a great Snapchat after after <laughs> this that, that proves that. Um, but uh, so the beginning, we we talk about we have some general overview of like the family and that she was this like both this like very like opulent lifestyle but also a disappointment which i'm like that seems rude because she wasn't okay she didn't have enough penises also the the assumption that like she became a tomboy because her dad wanted the brother like her to be a boy instead and like that seems um rude (laughs) yeah that might be a stretch i really appreciated the roller skate so clearly she had yes That's what I was going to say. I love that footage of her roller skating on a yacht. That is the life. Also, that was that was really cute and made me a teeny bit sad. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, oh, that's kind of adorable. It but, really is. So then we, we smash cut to them, you know, being taken from their regular palace to go be prisoners in a different palace. What a rough life. Yeah, um, it's rough. It's rough where you have like to go Ellen, to your other Ellen. palace. Ellen's pandemic. <laughs> she um, was basically in jail, a giant yeah. jail the size of a town. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But um, the the costumes they have in their like execution scene looked like they stole them from like a Christmas Carol. 
They like, probably did. I'm sure it's just leftovers from some other from community theater. History. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this will do. You're this is fine. The right time period. I I don't know. It bothered me. I know that's finicky. They probably really found really. them in an old trunk, like on some set, and they were like, "Yeah, this, all, this is fine." This looks old timey. Oh, yeah. No one will know. No one's gonna be watching this on YouTube in thirty years. It's fine. And so they, you know, they discuss their. Some of their family went into hiding, but obviously they did not. They were under guard, and then eventually they were executed, which I think. Pretty much everyone knows about that. I don't think I need to go into detail that uh, Zar's not around anymore. The, oh God, how did they describe it? The like, it was very heavy handed anti-communist <laughs> rhetoric in this, in this segment. It was kind of like to the point that it was just hilarious to me. Yeah, that's or, why we couldn't have Mac on this segment. Yeah, he would get too mad. He would be too mad. But <laughs> the radical Bolsheviks. Oh! How yeah. dare they? Um, well, other people were living in multi-palace splendor. In their jewel corsets. Yeah, it's fine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Let that be a, a lesson to the one percenters listening to this podcast. Yeah. As yeah. if I'm sure there are many. You can try to roller skate your way into the, my heart. But <laughs> in the end, not gonna save watch you. out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if she's wearing roller skates at the time. She could have roller skated away. Yeah. Well, maybe she did, Liz. Maybe she did. That should have been uh, presented as a theory. I mean, I feel like she roller skated no, away is better evidence than most of what we get for this case. Prove but she it, did it. It's, uh, <laughs> I think we, I can prove that, actually. <laughs> we smash cut to someone jumping off like a shorter distance than I've jumped off many diving boards into a river. <laughs> Like I get that you don't want someone to die in reality, but um, and this woman is is pulled out of this creek from this diving board, um, and taken to uh, it's in Berlin now. Smash cut in Berlin, woman jumps off a very low bridge. A few years later, which to me is the weirdest part, um, it's like okay, a few years later in Berlin. Woman jumps off the world's lowest bridge into a creek um, and is brought to a, a German asylum, which looks much cleaner and nicer than I assume it actually was. I'm like, guessing, yeah. Like, maybe now, like, maybe now, like, a like a German mental institution is probably much nicer than, like, ours, but... I, I mean, if it is this nice, I'll I'll keep that in mind as a backup plan. The I way I, I think about Swedish prison, I was like, yeah. if, things, My, if things go really bad for me here, I'm definitely going to Sweden and committing one a crime. way flight to Sweden or like Finland, commit like a crime that's bad enough that they'll punish you, but not like murder. No, or just maybe, like burn down an old shed or something. Yeah, and then be like, oh, I must, I must go to prison for this. Get me the worst lawyer in your country. <laughs> what? You'll That's get me. Retirement plan, actually. Yeah, so. same. <laughs> same. Uh, but anyway, so she's she's hanging out in this day spa slash asylum. And uh, her, her friend, uh, who's apparently obsessed with royalty magazines, to which I was like, what if I met Meghan Markle? Like, while I was institutionalized, that would be so wild. And you just had, like, a People magazine right with you, and, and you're like, oh, this is you. 
some random poor like mixed race woman in this asylum with me and she's like i am not megan markle that's a little racist please go away and you um, just keep insisting with her <laughs> because there's a reason you're in the asylum and that right. reason is you think everyone is royalty yes that might be why did we look into that no yeah no. it must be true um i my personal Maybe I'll save my my like other theories for the end, but it's pretty clear. I I think that this sort of like planted a either a seed of like maybe this might be a fun grift, or uh, sadly maybe some like seed of additional mental instability on I, top of uh, some existing yeah. stuff going on. I think the timeline is important because they set up the episode as if uh, what's her name Anna Anna. Um, Anna, Anna Anderson. Anna Anderson, which that is a fake name. I'll give her that. I'm not sure that's her real name, but that's what she goes by. They set it up as if she shows up at this institution and immediately starts declaring that she is Anastasia, which is not true. Her like oh. friend or roommate or something at the at the asylum. Are you like Anastasia? Insists that she's Anastasia, but then she says she's the other sister at first, and then eventually switches to Anastasia. Probably because that makes more sense. I'm not really sure, but she eventually switches to Anastasia. She at first is not saying she's Anastasia; she's saying she's one of the others. I can't remember which one. So this is kind of sketchy. (laughs) This is sketchier than they made it seem in the preview. Yes, Anna Anderson is. Why even go to that step? Be like, this is my pseudonym, because she originally was committed as Miss Unknown. She wouldn't give them her name, which to her defenders lends credence to this, like, she was in hiding. She didn't want to know. But then she had an additional pseudonym. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I feel like Miss Unknown has this wonderful, like, yeah. quality to yeah. it. Ooh, yeah, it's a little hot. It's got yeah. some like, Carmen Sandiego. Unknown. Yeah. Yes. A Carmen San Diego themed burlesque act. I'm into it. That's all I want now. <laughs> That's all I hope to be. But um, I'm gonna get You'll never track. know where in the world those nipple pasties are. I'm trench coat and some nipple pasties. Gonna be right back. Quick pause. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, uh, so she only starts declaring this very slowly and over time, which I think is really telling. But then she gets, um, somehow people hear about this, which is very strange to me. Yeah, they were not clear on how that happened. But I'm guessing gossip? Yeah, just like town gossip, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, there was nothing to do. Maybe the physicians or whoever runs this asylum it made it seem like they reached out to yeah. these relatives friend? of the czar's family that were living there in the country and they then just showed up or sent some representative yeah, they, sent, they sent a representative who has an amazing outfit this is where it, i was like okay i forgive the past christmas carol <laughs> community theater outfits because this one is on point love it maybe the actor just had that and brought it yeah. from home like, I'm a vintage enthusiast. I'm going to wear my own clothes. Fair. Killing it. Um, but uh, so she shows up and she's like, cool, cool, cool. But she must have been convinced enough that people eventually showed up. I find it super weird that she doesn't speak any Russian, apparently, at any point, And they w- didn't think yeah. that was a weird <laughs> Seems suspicious to me. Um, that, that part. Yeah. I forgot. Which the... 
there's another point further in the episode where she's like an old woman and they ask her if she can speak Russian and she's like, no, I won't. Which I'm, at least, you know, it's 50 years since you've spoken Russian. Like, language is, you forget it. I could understand that. But two years later, you <laughs> forgot all Russian. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She okay, forgot Anna. Her, her mother tongue. Okay, Anna. Seems possible. Cool. Which I suppose you could be like, okay, she was traumatized. There was that creek incident. So there's Fine. so many. You're, you have to take so many leaps. Like every so single many. part of this is like, well, maybe if. I don't but know. She, she must have been very charismatic is what I'm getting. I don't really get that from the actress in the. <laughs> no. Um, Not exactly. Sorry. Whatever that is, but no. Less. Um. I wish you no ill will in your community theater Christmas Carol journey, <laughs> but um, not 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 my favorite. But also not the worst actress, even in this. Actually, show. I do wish them ill will. Wow. <laughs> Lizwood, um, this is your only only Muppet Christmas Carol. That's the only version that should exist. Christmas All other Carol. versions get my ill and will. I can't even disagree with that. But this is your Maybe. daily reminder that Liz is old. <laughs> Aries alert. I do wish her ill will. <laughs> I do wish ill will. Because if you're not willing to cry in front of a Muppet, you're not really committed to the Christmas Carol. Yeah. <laughs> I can't argue with that. I'm speechless for once in where my is, life. Where is Michael Caine's Oscar for Muppet Christmas Carol? Where he literally cries in front of a Muppet. He's like interacting with no people. Oh, it's I, can't, I can't disagree with that. It's amazing. It's so good. It's so good. And it is the only Christmas carol that I accept. You are. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I, think <laughs> what, I would love to see a community theater production of a Muppet Christmas carol. And that I think I they would get really sued. Yeah. I would be down. <laughs> yeah. Minor detail. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. They just get really hairy actors. Um, <laughs> and not puppets. <laughs> or just like sock puppets. They're like really poorly made. Yeah. No, I'm, I I would go see that. But also, I think going to Olive Garden sounds, like, exotic now. So my idea of fun has definitely shifted over the last year. So <laughs> I saw a Staples the other day and was like, could I just go in and, like, look oh, around? A Staples. That stationary smell. Yeah. I was like, I'll just go see what color post-its they have. Maybe look at some pen. It was a Staples. <laughs> that, is, that is sad, Liz. I'm not going to lie. But it is. It is. And I just wanted to, br- I just wanted that the feeling of browsing. Yeah. Oh, God. And smelling <laughs> things. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to interrupt our depression spiral by, um, much like we're frequently interrupted during these bad uh, reenactments by this um, historian slash author, James Blair Lovell, I think, or Lavelle. Okay. You just look at that guy, and I don't know oh, what this cool. means. But you know he's a quack. You just yeah. look at that guy right in the eyes and you're like, this guy is not legit. I, I can't explain it. My vibe off him is like he was not charismatic enough to be a cult leader. So he decided to be dead. <laughs> shady historian. Yeah. Shady yeah. Historian the vibe you're the- getting be because he's convinced that a random woman named Anna, Anna Anderson is <laughs> Anastasia. Anna Chair Anderson. Who yes. else could be Anastasia except Anna oh Anderson? Right. Thing too, you're, right. you're trying to oh, hide yeah. your identity. Choose a pseudonym that's very similar to part of your name. 
like, I'm not Arden. I'm Garden Olsen. <laughs> not I'm, friend. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> not, not Liz. First name, not. Last name, Liz. I'm Beth um, Stalker. Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible name. That's not good. <laughs> Get a lot of complaints. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, people do not like me around. Well, I don't get a lot of uh, inquiries on my, my CV. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he interrupts us frequently with his weird piercing eyes. Um, he's not looking directly at the camera, thank God, because he's like really. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I also feel like he would have hit on me when I was, like, 19 at a bar or in his classroom, probably. Okay. Like, uh, you you act like I'm so mean to everyone, and you're accusing this mm-hmm. historian of, like... <laughs> historian slash author slash fraud. Uh, yes. Of being a creep. <laughs> he does seem like a creep, I'll say. I hope he's not listening to this, but... That seems like a stretch, but if, um, if you are, I'm very sorry, James... <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, you know, can I call you Jimmy? I'm. I want to personally apologize. <laughs> Our good maybe, pal Jimmy, wherever maybe he work is. Work on um, softening your gaze a little, just to pro your resolution. It's intense. It's intense. It's creepy, and you're not even looking at the camera. <laughs> it's unnerving. Anyway, he is very devoted. Apparently, they knew each other. I don't. I feel like this is one of those things that you know, like when you watch true crime shows. And they're like, they lit up the room and I loved them. And you're like, were you really friends? Because I feel like you just wanted to go on TV. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they had that kind of relationship where maybe he like met her a couple times. <laughs> and it really milks that for his like. That's how career. I feel about Anne Rule and her Ted. <laughs> okay, but. Where she is like, perhaps no one knew him better than me. And it's like. Yeah, it's a little far. But if I had that. Calm down it. <laughs> Calm down, Anne. You just volunteered with him. He had a girlfriend. He had a family. He wasn't like the Unabomber living out in the middle of nowhere. He knew people. Because, you know, you don't like to think of your, like, if you call into a suicide hotline, that's not really who you want to be on the other side. It's terrifying. And it is interesting. I just feel like she really, like, put herself into that story more Mm -hmm. than a... Sorry, Anne Rule. It's fair. Bless you, Anne Rule. But yeah, that's a fair, <laughs> fair critique. I'm not going to go in on this hard on Anne Rule, though, because she doesn't have a creepy glare. So Maybe she that does. I, know. I don't know. I don't, haven't watched a lot I of I can't say she doesn't. <laughs> she cannot have as creepy a glare. I'm going to just put that out there. I'm going to hedge my bets. Seems unlikely. Seems unlikely. So he talks a lot of nonsense um, about how, like, they were BFFs, had friendship bracelets and whatnot. But also that, like, she... He he makes a lot of weird assumptions about, like, her actions that... Things that could be considered as maybe weird or suspicious were just her being like, oh, that's just her court etiquette. And I'm like, okay, was she a roller skating tomboy who, like, eschewed this, or was she, a, like, somehow a weird shut-in, but also really concerned about royal etiquette? Decide. Yes. She's everything. Decide. She is. Both. Yeah. She is she's everything everyone. at once. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she's, she's truly miraculous. I but feel like so- a lot of her, her behaviors, they dismiss by just saying, 
she's royalty or like or she like she's Russian. Don't mind yeah. her. She's Russian. I have explained acquaintances behavior by their Russian, but only in, you know, in better ways. Also, but, I actually know those people. For so. people who, who perhaps can speak Russian. <laughs> yes, right. Who might actually be Russian and yeah. for sure German, but whatever. Um also, so one of the main things of evidence that's brought up like at least three times, I know it was broken down into segments, but it gets really irritating when you're watching it all the time. It's like, yes. the photographs don't lie. And I'm like, okay, those two women and those two photographs do kind of look alike, but I bet I could find five different family photos of five different family members that I look really like a dead Russian princess. My first impression was terrible. <laughs> My but also, was they didn't look anything alike. Now they say that she had like a distinctive scar on her, like above her ear or something, yeah. and that that matched. Apparently, I couldn't. Really, uh, the, piz- the pictures are very fuzzy. It's hard to tell. But the I don't. Comedy thing kind of that doesn't seem that weird of a coincidence to like. Oh, this other woman also has something sort of weird with her foot. Like I don't. They didn't put all <laughs> like X rays of the two, right? Like there's no. Yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, you also have a foot. It made me think of, remember when people found that old photo? You have two feet, so. (laughs) This coincidence cannot be denied. Remember when people found that really old photo that looked like exactly like Keanu Reeves? (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe it was, it was like, yeah. Like, you could find. The vampire. It's that one I (laughs) remember. Prove that Keanu Reeves is like traveling through time. You know, sometimes no, people look like vampire lizard. Okay, you're, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, correct. <laughs> he hasn't aged that much since like the 90s either, so he's not. Well, um... That's true. <laughs> Could it be that he's rich and has access to excellent skin cream? No, vampire. No, no. Vampire. Um. So they they explain away other like recent injuries that have scarred over as like maybe shrapnel from bullets ricocheting off her jewel corset um i'm not sure that okay these doctors like don't recognize bullet wounds or like yeah. they were like she's covered in unusual scars and they were like that can be explained by the firing squad i was like these doctors <laughs> like, seem bad I, I think it would be pretty distinctive uh, like, yeah, oh, this know. is where a, a bullet entered your body you know yeah. i have never been shot gotta say but um you know, my grandpa was, he had a bullet scar on his shoulder. It was pretty clear what it was <laughs> from, like, Korea. You know, like, it was pretty clear that it was a bullet wound. I don't think unless they all grazed her and she just fainted or something. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's the explanation of how she survived. Is that so they she just fainted? Some details, some supposed details from like a soldier's son, I think the night of who was in that firing squad. I am also going to take all of that with a grain of salt, right? Because it's, it's years and years after the fact, it's not a firsthand account and, yeah. and it doesn't make that much sense, but apparently they, the initial like volleys didn't hit her. And there are a lot of accounts that it took like a, a creepy amount of time to kill the empress and her daughters because of said jewel corsets, which okay, they had a lot of diamonds and there's already, like, those were probably steel corsets to begin with. So that makes a little sense. You know, your organs might be a little 
more shielded than usual. But apparently none of them hit her badly. And someone stabbed her in the foot and then, like, knocked her out. Stabbed her in the foot? Why? That's not going to do it. That doesn't do anything. Pin her down. And I'm like, yes, this firing squad needed to pin down a 17-year-old girl. Okay. When they were armed. Checks out. I know what what I'm trying to assassinate someone. I definitely stabbed them in the foot. (laughs) With your bayonet. Um, Their most vulnerable part. Stab them like between the eyes with your bayonet. Like if you're out of ammo, I guess. Get to I mean, I, I mean, maybe we can say she was too beautiful. They couldn't bring themselves to do sure. it. Sure, sure. That they, sounds. They could only damage her her deformed foot. Anyway, you know, <laughs> it was already not great. It's already fucked up. It's fine. Um, this is beginning to sound a little bit like some weird fan fiction I would have read in middle school. But I mean, um, the difference between unsolved mysteries and fan fiction <laughs> is sometimes pretty thin. Fiction. Honestly, that checks out. Um, and this is no different. So we we flash forward uh, in time to her talking to her her act who would actually be her aunt if she was, you know, the Grand Duchess Anastasia. But um, the aunt seems pretty unconvinced from the start. Like apparently she was like, "Oh, you are my niece," but I don't know. Maybe she was just being nice, or maybe you know you would. L- presumably like regardless of how you feel politically on it like that would be very sad if it was your family and you would want to hold out hope we've seen so many cases on unsolved mysteries where it's like oh it it is them it's for sure them it's like you're just you want to hold out hope and that's a human reaction but it seems pretty clear that she doesn't she's like it's weird that you don't speak russian or know my name been a couple years you've never forgotten a lot yeah yeah you know remember what i gave you for christmas like 18 months ago that's odd um (laughs) like it doesn't seem to be that far of a relation she's like you always were an ungrateful child no wonder you remember nothing always roller skating away um on your weird foot but (laughs) do you think she'd custom skates maybe depends how Depends how deformed. I mean, probably everything for a royal family back then. It was yeah, probably made out of yeah. solid gold. Yeah, and diamonds. That's yeah, why it's so hard to bayonet through it. Um. <laughs> oh God, I'm going to hell. That's fine. There's other reasons for that too. Yeah, you'll but, see me there. It's okay. Yeah, it's cool. We'll chill. We'll go to the Olive Garden. I assume there that's is also in hell. definitely there's definitely an yeah. Olive Garden in hell. Hell is only chain restaurants and like suburban. Oh God! The yeah. thing is, though, there is a limit on the breadsticks. <gasps> how dare they? Yeah, that's how you know it's hell. Uh, so they seem unconvinced. They make up this like theory that they wanted to cut her out because they didn't want to like share their family wealth with her, which. Okay, if there was more evidence, that would be a pretty good reason to try to cut someone out. But really, like, so you went to this hospital to find this woman that you think might be your relation. And then you're like, psych, you are my relation, and I don't want to share money with you. Okay, here's my question, because I don't think Unsolved Mysteries made it clear. She said there was, like, what, $80 million in the in a secret bank account? account? Did that money actually exist? Or is are they just assuming because... They disappeared after so, that. that... I, looked at, I tried looking into this and I don't see any evidence of that. So they give that as the reason that they're like, oh, thank you for that information. Don't know why your like, dad fired that. 
particularly. My dad didn't tell me about most of his banking information when I was a teenager. <laughs> and my dad wasn't even an emperor, and I only have two brothers. So, but anyway, maybe they were super close with their roller skating and banking info. So, yeah, because apparently they were all excited to have her back in the family or whatever until they were like, well, what are you going to do for money? Like, when you get out of the asylum, like, are you gonna, how are you going to live? What are you going to do? And she's like, I'll be fine. My dad had that $80 million in that secret bank. And they, and were, they were like, like you don't say. And then they turned out. <laughs> Which would be super suspicious if that checked out. But I... I tried to look into it and I didn't see any like information that wasn't well, about was her. Well, it was a secret bank garden, so maybe. Okay. The Bank of but England. Also, well, that, at that time, that was billions of dollars now. Yeah. Like, it could have also just cut her in. Like, I realize that's not right. really, that's not really how rich people work, but no. there was, there was more than enough to go around. They could have, okay. if they really thought she was part of the family, they could have included her in the money. I have a note about that, though, because that's both not how rich people work, but also weirdly exactly how rich people work. Because after she gets out of this day spa asylum, she goes to live with some random duke. Like, they're not even related, which is a stretch for that family. Like, you had to try hard to not be related (laughs) to Romanov or any form of European mobility. How come I never am just like, oh, I'm going to summer with the duke? Right? That sounds lit. I can pretend. See you later. Uh, Yeah. She's not their cousin or anything, which, again, would make sense because they're related on a lot of sides. Like on her mom's side, her mom's grandma was Queen Victoria. She had a bunch of kids. They married a bunch of people. The Romanovs, you know, there's a reason why they're a little little off um, bloodlines wise. But like they have a lot of royal cousins. This random Duke and Duchess take her in and she just lives with them for a bit. Was this before or after? Was it her uncle that came, the one that had the, who drew the pictures? So that was like her family's doctor's son's friend or something. I don't know. Some dude that she would have known a, from childhood. Loose, loose childhood yeah. acquaintance. And I thought the fact that she like she recognized the the photo, the pictures, or she remembered the stories or something. I don't really remember. Convinced everybody that she was legit. I don't yeah, know if that so, played a part in the... I think that's just part of the long con, though. Like, so the thing was that supposedly he, back in the day, would paint these stories of, like, animals wearing little clothes, which, which sounds amazing. Which had, as an adult yeah. man. <laughs> which he had kept all these years, and he brought them, and... Scrapbook. So he would make these little paintings, which I kind of want one of, and then <laughs> she... Cute she would like make up the story that went with it and so he brought these paintings he still had and she remembered the stories but i was like what if the stories just aren't that original so she's like oh yes i remember this one it's about a duck that goes to school like they're stories they're paintings of animals yeah also, like i don't remember the weird shit i made up as a kid like as a weird imaginative kid yeah i made up tons of shit yeah. i don't remember it all no I don't remember any of it no no, That's- so I think that if someone was like, oh, there's a there's a painting of a duck and a lion. Oh, and the duck and the lion were friends. But then they, and then you're like, oh, yeah, that comes out. But uh, apparently this really convinced him, especially. And that man whose name I did not write down, unfortunately. But he became one of her, like, biggest supporters. And eventually, I think, even helped her immigrate to the U.S. When yeah, she he was Yeah, he was conned hard. Was he the one she lived with, with all the cats? No, that? That, was no that was that was his friend. He he like hooked her up with someone and they got married and then she just kept getting cats. 
I was wondering about that. I'm like, are these new cats or is these the cats from before? So some apparently the Duke bought her a cottage or something. She got a cottage in, in the somewhere. Black Forest. Is my dream, but it sounds amazing. I know. I wrote down. Uh, Why did she come to the U.S.? She was living in the German forest with a million cats. And it sounds great. Creepy cottage. Yeah. Yeah. She was. She was luring in children and shoving them into a stove. Keep that up. (laughs) Amazing to me. Why would you give that up? Which is also when, like, her lawyer or someone sends over some like language experts, and they're like. Hey, your lawyer agreed to this. Can you like prove that you know Russian? She's like, nope. Also, get out. <laughs> At this point, she was an eccentric old woman, though, and could definitely get away with it. She's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm a duchess. Yeah, which is and fair. Like, well, I mean, to which uh, <laughs> uh, James Blair Lovell is like, she would not stand for this common judge to shake her hand. I'm like, okay, buddy. Makes her sound like a real bitch. I know, which she doesn't seem like. I don't know. She seems fun. She's got cats. It's cool. She's pushing children in the stoves. Oh, no, she's got they, she's got hobbies. There was a picture of her at 58, and I was like, oh, baby girl. That is a rough 58. You look like I'm okay, yes. I think she was also lying about her age. There's no way that woman was 58. <laughs> Also, so she then she immigrates to the U.S. and gets hooked up with that childhood friend's friend, who they say was 19 years her junior. And I'm like, he was like 50 years her junior. Yeah, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Consenting adults over 50, especially, you know, what? if you haven't learned by now, you can make up your own mind on who to marry. But I also feel like he was maybe trying to exploit her, which makes me a little sad. But apparently, they uh, continued gaining cats. I feel like they were exploiting each other somehow. Yeah, which is, you know, I've seen worse marriages. Um, Fair, fair. (laughs) We're described as the bane of their neighbor's existence, which I wrote down as like, yes, that is what you want. (laughs) Goals. The vegetation, like, reclaimed their house and they just had, like, 40 cats running everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, I appreciate it because... I'm a person that if I like something a little, like I like it a lot. And clearly this woman just wanted to live in a tangle of weeds with a bunch of cats. And she, she was survived. not, con- she's not content to have like, I don't know, six cats. It's not quite cottage core. It's like cats and. It's more like gray gardens core. Yes. Crumbling core. Ooh, yeah. Where you're not, where you're not sure if you're eating cat food or pate, but. <laughs> I've been testing out a lot of new cat foods for my spoiled cat lately, and that just hit me a little too hard. I'm like, oh, God. No. Well, good thing you're a vegetarian, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, though, so the tuna ones technically <laughs> still came on for me. Um, roll, roll that up in some rice. Yeah. <laughs> Unlimited sushi. Uh, everything's fine. Anyway, um, the theme of this episode is my descent into sushi themed despair you're welcome five listeners yeah i i feel that on like a spiritual <laughs> level when we find out she she dies in the mid 80s at like 150 um and then her husband dies a few years later it doesn't seem like i think he died in like 1990 and she died in 84 i think um and then it's it you, you get an update at the end that's like okay updates 
They found the two missing bodies, which was some of their key evidence is that there were two, they found the like mass grave, the Romanovs, but there were two people missing that couldn't be identified. But then they find two more corpses and they're like, oh no, this is the Empress and Alexei. So Anastasia must have been one of the other bodies, which also goes to show that like forensic anthropology is really cool, but it's not as exact of a science, especially like what, like 80s forensic anthropology. <laughs> yeah. Like, not give you like age estimates like that exact, you know? It's just kind of frustrating because the segment is so long because it's yeah. three segments and you go on this whole JK. Yeah, it's like, oh, by the way, none of that was true. Thanks yeah. for, yeah, the thanks for the playing. End, the update at the end really is like it was definitively determined that Anastasia was in one of the graves nearby. Yeah. And in the in the wiki, they also have some additional information that uh, one DNA evidence also proved that she was not Anastasia. Oh, okay, but she was identified as a German woman. Shocker! Um, from what that woman that spoke German and lived in Germany. Hard to believe. <laughs> yes, I I'm gonna try to pronounce her name. Bless her heart. Franzika Schwarzkowska. Okay. Something along. The, there's a lot of. There's a lot of. Syllables. It's a pretty cool name. Yeah. And Anna I kind Anderson of. Like a step down. Yeah. So. Boo to that. I. Yeah, uh, to live I in the Black Forest. Just sounds cool. Yeah. She apparently had a pretty extensive history of mental illness. Even before her, her day spa visits. Um, yeah, because she was actually like 20, 30 years older than she was telling everybody. So she had a a lot of history. <laughs> but apparently they knew that by 1927. Oh. A, a private investigator figured out who she was in 1927. What about mysteries doing then? Um, trying to get ratings, Samantha. Yeah. Right. Jerking right. us around is what it's trying called. Trying to milk this out for this three a, episodes. This is a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. A private investigator hired by her uncle figured that out and was like, yeah, which also maybe that aunt, I don't know if it's the same, the, the aunt to that uncle, you know, but like maybe that aunt did initially believe it and then they were like, um, no, we did some digging. She's like, okay, bye. Nice yeah. To you, Anna. Um <laughs> nice to see you niece that can't even talk to me because you don't speak right? Russian. Yeah. Um maybe so that's why she moved to the United States. <laughs> maybe that's the real reason. Little, it's a little sad. She seemed to have an okay life overall though. Um like she I she mean, I feel like this con kind of worked out for her. Kind yeah, like it kind of did. Like clearly not to the extent she wanted it to. But um who's to say that her life would have been like much worse or better if she had con- continued like living under her own identity, right? It didn't seem to be going super yeah. well. So you know, I again, I this wish- is a lot like the Billy the Kid thing. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, did either of you watch American Horror Story Apocalypse? Yes. No. Where they make one of the witches go back and try to save Anastasia. It's the most random thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. I can't remember that part of the storyline because, it's because it has nothing to do with anything and it makes it was, no sense. It's supposed to be like some butterfly effect shit. Um, yeah. It's like to it, prove she has this power. Go back in time and save Anastasia. Yeah. It, and I feel like the char- even the character in the show is like, what? why? What does that have to do with anything? Did we have friends who died? Like, yeah. 
Couldn't I do something way less random? <laughs> yeah, like this episode, like it makes me a little sad, but I think overall it was pretty harmless. Also, I know she conned a bunch of people, but like conning them out of their life savings or anything like that. <laughs> okay, kind of, money to spare. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fine for where. But it's All not right. nearly as sad as the rest of the episode. Yeah. Woof. Okay. I've got a very strange lost love to talk about. Yeah. This is the weirdest Oliver <laughs> Twist story <laughs> I've ever fucking seen in my life. This sounds entire like the last the Anastasia thing is kind of all made up, but this also sounds made up. So this is going yeah. back to December 1948 in Annawa, Illinois. Uh, it was not a good time for mm-hmm. Frank and Hilda Cron. Uh, they were a poor family. They lived with their seven children in a small farmhouse. The house had no plumbing and heating. And we see a reenactment of all seven children sleeping together in one bed to keep warm, which also is a vision of hell. I mean, it's pretty cute because they're kids, but oh my god, no. Those, those child actors were adorable, and I tried really hard to focus on that, <laughs> so I didn't yeah. just cry. So you didn't go... One of those kids is definitely kicking you at all times during the night. Like, there's no way out of it. Okay, so this story really starts when the authorities come to evict them because landlords are terrible people. And this is also happening in, like, December before Christmas. Uh, (laughs) Very strange, gotta say. Yeah, yeah, they learned nothing from a Muppet Christmas Carol, which had not come out yet. So, Frank... (laughs) Frank was like the regular Christmas Carol was around though. <laughs> no, no. Did you know that this person that inspired Scrooge is like a relative of actor Carrie Ewells? I <laughs> know, I did not. <laughs> so weird. Okay. So, um, but the officers felt really bad throwing this family out into the cold. So they did notes the- on that. So they did the most logical thing, which was taking them to the jail. <laughs> Robert Stack says that in the spirit of the season, they allowed them to go live at the jail. <laughs> like, imagine thinking that's, like, a good solution to this problem. Yes, oh, we they- can jail you. You know that thing that's a punishment? We could do that. And they really did jail them. It wasn't like they let them stay in the officer's lounge or something. No. They wouldn't let the mom and dad see each other. Or that leave. part was weird. Yeah, there's like no real explanation for that. I think that they honestly did want to punish the parents. So the mom is not allowed to leave the jail cell and the dad is not allowed to enter the jail. But the kids, who I'm guessing they see as like innocent of this situation, are allowed to like roam freely. So they're just wandering around the fucking jail adorably but still yeah it's, it's but they're just really like weird. talking to prisoners and like playing with <laughs> yeah. cells. Happy and times. we hear from raymond who was eight years old at this time and he was like having a blast because you know whatever right. he, he doesn't really know better and i used to have fun in like the lumber yards my dad would drag me to as a child like kids will have fun no matter where they are because they're children i used to go to my friend's house and literally play in a pile of coal <laughs> Are you doing all of the twist? What? Yes. Yes. You that is a pile of coal? Yes. That's London in the 80s for you. There was just oh, a pile. I the London detail. That checks out now. I have no further questions. <laughs> there was just a pile of coal at the, the courtyard of her housing complex. They, they still used coal for heat. And we would literally go fucking play in that. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. Like Oliver Twist. Yeah, we, thought that was, we thought that was a great time. 
So that pile of coal also probably had a weird name, like the (laughs) Jimmy Downs or something. No doubt. No doubt it did. Yeah. Um, London. (laughs) No further further (laughs) question. And I was saying blimey the entire time. That's what you need to know. Um, So, yeah, the children are allowed to wander around the jail. Raymond thought this was a good time. However, we also hear from Marie, who is only four, but she remembers her mom washing her in a tub in the jail cell. Oh, God, I hated that part. And she's super... (laughs) <laughs> there's she's super uncomfortable because she's like naked being bathed and police officers are just like wandering by being like oh hey and she has like enough i don't know shame whatever you call that that she's like this is not right i don't want <laughs> i don't want strange men washing me like i'm on display yeah. no like I, I felt super bad for her but like i was naked from like ages zero to like 10 when my mom was like you must put on clothes <laughs> Which, I was the opposite a lot about me, but um, I was I was the opposite of that child. I was very prim, except for the coal playing, I guess. <laughs> but, <laughs> you played in coal, yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel it like a weird that like a four year old has that much sense of like body shame. That also makes me really sad. But I also understand that like yeah, that's a shitty situation. Yeah, but maybe early police dudes, though. I mean, yeah, just yeah, like staring true. at her bathe, and she's like, "Uh, this isn't. I'm old enough to know this is not right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a four year old. She didn't like, want to take a bath again because she said she was afraid that that guy was going to walk by again, and that's just so sad. Bad vibes. Bad vibes. Yeah, yeah she knew. Four year old being like, "Hey, cab," but um. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is that she doesn't have a choice like yeah four, right. so your mom just bathes you when she bathes you so you don't have a choice of like yeah who's gonna, you're powerless to like who's gonna walk by and see me i have no privacy i don't know it's you're in a prison cell who is a lot of privacy who is the police officer that thought this was like a good solution to this problem and like why did he want these children just like yeah. running around Although, so your point about them, like, wanting to still punish these parents on a weird, like, moralistic level checks out because a little bit later, sorry for jumping ahead, but they mentioned that their parents were banished from the state. Yeah. I had questions about it. I'm like, is that a thing? One of the mean foster parents said. I don't know if that was a reason. Yeah, they were like, "Please sure be my parents," and then they're like, "They're banished." I'm like, "Okay, is that like scar?" <laughs> yeah, if people fail to pay their rent, you're banished from Illinois. That doesn't make it like how many people would be banished. That doesn't make any sense. Currently, Illinois would have like zero population. Yeah. Um, fun fact about Illinois: no one lives there anymore. Huh, that's, that's weird. So this family situation ended up profiled in the local newspaper, and so that has the only known family portrait of them as them all in this jail cell, and the dad's not there because he's not allowed to enter. Um, the mom so after- weighs like ninety pounds and is like a really yeah. skeleton. Yeah, it's it's pretty great, and all the kids are just looking at the camera like, "What?" Okay. So after seeing this article, a social worker arranged for the girls to spend Christmas with foster families. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you probably have an idea where this is going. So the children didn't want to go, but because they were they not used to up. Yeah, they had a bad feeling about it. And I don't think they had ever really been away from their mother. Yeah, um, especially like this- the four-year-olds. Like some of them are really <sighs> little. Yeah. 
But this ends up being the last time that she sees her children because after they're put with these foster families, guess what? They never go back. Um, and it's unknown if her mother ended up giving up cost custody or if they're essentially stolen. I mean, they point out that it's very possible that Hilda couldn't read. So if she was given something to sign, would she have known what it says? Who knows, right? right. Like, Yeah, I had some questions about just like the... So you can either look at it one of two equally sad, in my opinion, ways of either there's a good chance she was illiterate or like had very low reading comprehension, considering how the time and how poor this family was, or maybe she did know what it was, but felt either coerced or just like this was a no win situation. And maybe at least the foster families would be better than living in a jail cell. Yeah, I mean, what is the long-term solution here? Like, they can't go on living in this jail cell forever. Right. Her and seven children. Like, so, you're late on jail rent now. We're yeah. Like, you. <laughs> I guess the, the dad isn't in the jail, like, in theory, so he can work, maybe? But I'm not sure where he's living, so that's not a very good plan. Um, Do you I think I had questions about that. I'm like, about the dad. I'm like, are they just punishing them? Or is it maybe a sex thing? Where they're like- I think I think they fought, held him responsible for not yeah. paying up. So he's like not included in the charity, quote unquote, of them living <laughs> the in the jail. jail. Yeah. But I think also, yeah, they wouldn't have wanted them to like have sex in the jail or possibly make more children in the jail. Like you but I cannot be trusted to not. But. I think it's more just like they're punishing them for, you know, yeah. being yeah. poor. There's, um, no, like, there's nothing good <laughs> in that whole segment. It's so strange. So on child on by Christmas, Hilda and her male children were still at the jail. The girls had all been taken to foster care, so uh, that's weird. weird um, yeah. Raymond remembers this because when they get their you know jail dinner on the tray like slid in through the jail bars it has a candy bar so he knew it was christmas and he was super excited because he hadn't had a candy bar in years or ever he said or, he yeah or Maybe he never- they open the door it's they're not actually imprisoned you I mean, can't like- you can't trust that raymond he's eight and he's sh- he's shifty and crafty he will shiv you so fast <laughs> He will adorably ask if he can pull the lever to open the gate. Yeah, Ugh. these children seemed, at least reenactment children, super well behaved, considering they're just left to run around in jail to their heart's content. There's like seven of them or something. Yeah, that's yeah. Nice. I also wrote God bless birth control in my notes. For real. Oh. Okay. By the end of the month, the bo- the boys were also placed in foster homes. You know how that was arranged is not clear. The fate fate of Frank and Hilda is also a mystery. So Marie yeah. tells this story. Samantha was referring to that her foster parents said that she couldn't see her parents because they'd been banished from Illinois. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think I that's just- the, the legal <laughs> protocol for banishment from the state of Illinois. Not even the town. It's not like they got run out of town and weren't welcome there it's like no you can only go to the border with indiana and then you have to stop yep um eventually marie was able to track down raymond in a nearby town so they get a cute oh i forgot this part that like yeah so the sisters are in different foster homes 
they like bump into each other sometimes because they're not living that far apart. But the family's like keep them apart. It's so mean. I have the most animosity against those that like that mom Ah! specifically because I I think this is from a very you know. I don't think people approach it this way anymore, but I think like back in the day when you adopted children, you just pretended like you hadn't adopted them. You acted like you found them in a cabbage patch or you like miraculously (laughs) conceived them and they were somehow your biological children. And that was the magic box, baby. Yeah. And that was supposed to make the children feel like wanted and whatever, but it literally means that she's like sees her sister and can't go talk to her. Yeah, that part seemed extra. It's just awful. So, but yeah, so Marie does track down Raymond. They're the first siblings to find each other. So we get a a cute reenactment of their reunion. And together they wanted to find the rest of their family. They did find one sister, Carol, in 93 before the segment aired. So after the the airing. One that she found before, I think. I think so. I think they had like a better idea of where Carol was. Right, yeah. She was like somewhere nearby. Um, fortunately, after airing on Unsolved Mysteries, two more sisters and three brothers were located, and then we get a reunion as an update. That was, that was so really cute. cute. And my fashion note is that Betty Jane, who <laughs> one of the siblings, is wearing rhinestone B, like the letter B earrings. <laughs> And it's just so chic. There's um, so some the, fashion going on in that, yeah, that reunion. There's, there's some real, real fashion. Uh, the only important note from Unsolved Mysteries was that if you had done the math, you would have noticed that one sibling was still missing. However, she was since located. Uh, and then the sad update is that Marie passed away in 2015. Yeah. But I really um, thought they got that reunion at least. That was really sweet. It is really sweet, and they clearly, you know, wanted to find each other and just didn't really have a way of connecting them because there's, like, essentially no paperwork for this, right? right? They were just, like, taken out of the jail. And (laughs) And that's, like, all of these lost loves that are, like, adoption-related specifically are always, like, nope, (laughs) you're not allowed to know about this or just, like, will straight-up lie to you about this. That one where all the paperwork was in the back of this pharmacy, and it was like, yeah. it was like, yeah, you can go dig through that. Um, so they did find out that Hilda had passed away in '77. I'm not sure if they ever found out exactly what happened to Frank, but I'm glad that the siblings got reunited. Um, the situation is super shitty. I refuse to believe that this was the best solution to this problem. Yeah, seems like you could have maybe just given them money or let them live there still. I, I can't didn't imagine there were a bunch of tenants just lined up to live in a farmhouse with no. To live in this shitty farmhouse. Yeah. Let them fucking stay there at least. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think that's the best solution because they had to sleep in the same bed because they were so cold. But yeah, it's better than like, living in the jail. The, the the voiceover of they took pity on them. You evicted them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was yeah. Uh, it was real rough. Robert Sack wants us to be like, man, those boys in blue, they really did a good job locking up that mom and her children that hadn't committed any crimes. Robert Sack thinks Elliot Ness is a great guy. so Well, he has to to because because without Elliot Ness, he wouldn't have bought all those (laughs) shots. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, He did do that that good deed for Robert Sack. Yeah, Elliot Ness, I don't know if he did any good deed except... The, his goodest deed, <laughs> which well, was being a, a, a money, so, money, a money trade for Robert Stack. Yeah, yeah it's not great. It's not great. 
Yeah, okay. I feel like Robert Stack and I have some different opinions on law enforcement. So <laughs> hope that oh. never comes up in oh, the you don't say. session. Well, the thing is, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Robert Stack has passed on. I know. So. That's why in our Ouija session, we're going to have to start okay. around that issue. I, I just don't know that it's really going to come up. It's like talking <laughs> to your uncle at Thanksgiving. Like, you just try to avoid it, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay, we've got one more segment. And this, this one is-, is super quick and super sad. So it's so up. sad. Buckle up because this is gonna make this is gonna give you whiplash. Uh, this is a wanted. We are looking for Gerald Gervasoni. Twenty-seven-year-old Jerry Gervasoni of New Jersey is wanted for strangling his twenty-two-year-old girlfriend Pauline, also known as Paula Paziak. On July 9th, 1986, Paula and Jerry went on vacation together and decided to stay at her mother Barbara's house in the lakeside resort town of Kissimmee, Florida. During the visit, Paula and Jerry slept in Barbara's bedroom while Barbara slept on the couch, which is a really nice thing of this mom yeah. to do, I gotta say. She's like, no, no, you take uh, my daughter and clearly my daughter's sleazy boyfriend, sleep in my bed, and... Oh. I'll oh, have sex in my bed, children, while I hurt my <laughs> back on the couch. Yeah. No, what you should a, a really make Jerry That's sleep with her. Anyway, she seemed like a nice mom, which makes the ensuing events even worse. Uh, during the visit, Paula and Jerry... Oh, I already said that. Um, so on Saturday, July 13th, the couple told Barbara that they would be leaving the next morning to visit some of Jerry's relatives in Miami. The next day... When Barbara didn't see them, she assumed that they had left. But several days later, she started to notice a strong odor in her house. (laughs) This is honestly one of the worst things I've seen. I mean, this reenactment is not gruesome. Just the idea of it is so horrible. so sad. It's horror movie level. Yeah. Like, if it was a horror movie, you would think it was too cheesy. You'd be like, that would never happen. That's too over. Yeah, it's true. It is true. It's really true. So she searched through the house trying to identify where the smell was coming from, eventually deciding to look in her bedroom. She peeked underneath the bed and was shocked and horrified to find her daughter's corpse wrapped in a bamboo curtain underneath her bed, which presumably Uh, she'd been sleeping in since her daughter left. I hate it so much. So So, sad and so awful. I want to die. That's horrible. Okay, authorities later heard from a friend of Gervasoni's who, so he became the immediate sub- suspect, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Could a guiltier yeah. man be alive? I mean. So they later, authorities later heard from a friend of Gervasoni's who said that he had picked up Gervasoni at a, the Newark airport in New Jersey three days after he and Paula had supposedly left. The friend said that Gervasoni had confessed to accidentally breaking Paula's neck in a struggle because she caught him stealing her mother's paycheck. He's the worst. And the way he confessed, it was like, because his yeah. friend was like, why are you in such a rush to get out of town? And he's like, well, we'll just say that I accidentally killed someone. He was so casual about it. I'm like, I don't know what you think is like a normal friend thing to share, but that's not <laughs> it, buddy. Yeah, he was immediately like, haha, I'm kidding. I didn't actually kill someone, except I did. I don't know. He's... A dirtbag. This is not a, like, goodbye Earl situation, either. Like, yeah. it's not a sympathetic murder. You... No. <laughs> like, no. you this is not a goodbye Earl situation. No. 
So the the same friend soon learned that Paula was actually deceased and he immediately contacted the authorities. By the time an arrest warrant was issued for Gervasoni, however, he had vanished. And although seven years have passed, Barbara still hopes to get him caught. Um, so uh, this case was also profiled in America's Most Wanted, but we're going to give the credit to Unsolved Mysteries because he was captured. Gervasoni was found near Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada on October 21st, 1993. He was using the alias, I don't know if I can pronounce this, Gordon McKeiter. I don't know. He had previously lived in an apartment and his former landlord watched the broadcast. His former landlord, I just want to point out, was named... Uh, <laughs> shoot, what was his name? Now I forget. Now Chris I'm, Hansen! Chris Hansen! Yeah. For some reason that left my brain. I was watching this episode and the, literally my only note, I'm reading off the wiki because I couldn't take it. My only note I wrote down was that the landlord <laughs> that turned him in was named Chris Hansen. I um, wrote so no in Bringer all of justice. Yeah. No, 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 no was my only note in this in this segment. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's acceptable. So Chris Hansen turned him in, uh, not that Chris Hansen, uh, but another another hero, Chris Hansen. He uh, his fingerprints confirmed his identity in 1960. No, in 1996, Gervasoni was extradited to Florida. He and- stuck with his fake persona too. He was like, no, I'm Gordon. Yeah, no one caught it. Uh, in May of 1997, he was found guilty of second-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. However, in 2000, his sentence was reduced to 17 years. So he was paroled in 2003, and he returned to New Jersey, where he was sentenced to three years in prison for a parole violation. He was released again in 2006, moved to Washington, and died in May 2013. Good he only served six years for that. I know. Mm-hmm. Six years for murdering your girlfriend in cold blood and hiding her body under her mom's bed. It's so sad. Horrible. Horrible. I hope he stubbed his toe every day of his life. I hope a lot worse. But... (laughs) I mean, yeah. Uh, Also, I feel bad. Like, I'm glad his is that that friend that he just, like, overshared to, you know, turned him in. But, like, I hope that friend you know, recovered from that because that would be I know. awful. If I just came to your house and was like, so ardent, yeah, I gotta get out of town, see? <laughs> and you're like, Liz, why do you need to get out of town? And you're like, I, because I accidentally killed Mac. <laughs> I mean, I didn't! I didn't do That's that! Joking. Isn't that yeah. a funny joke that I told that I brutally murdered someone? <laughs> yeah. Domestic violence is a joking matter, as we all know. Always. Very Always. funny. Just yeah. a well of Ugh. humorous content there. Ugh. Such a piece of shit. So the problem with this episode is you sit through all this Anastasia stuff that goes on too long. You got this yeah. really weird lost love that is kind of sad. And then it's just like, you thought that was sad? Here's something <laughs> fucking sadder. Yeah. That poor mom. She's just like, cry. Okay, I wrote this down because I was like, I really she just at one point goes i've become a very angry and very hateful person and i was like of course you have yeah, that's what fair hun what a very fair. honest moment to just be like this the worst possible thing happened and now i hate everybody and i was like yeah. i feel that but yeah I feel like she's like mourning who she used to be also, yeah I yeah not be like this and i am mad about that as well which is fucking fair yeah, I used to live in a world where I didn't think I might find a corpse under my bed. And... Of my daughter, yeah. Uh, it's awful. Mm. Okay, we have to write this, though. 
Okay, so we've got our categories. We've got mysteriousness. Not very mysterious. mysterious. Thumbs down. Low on the mysterious scale. Thumbs down. How Um, old was that woman actually? Yeah, yeah, Anna Anderson thinks she's real mysterious, but I'm not buying it. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Our next category is reenactments. Kind of all over the place. Those kids were really cute. They were. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of reenactments. The Anastasia ones, I feel like they both put in a lot of effort and not a lot of effort. Maybe some were directed by different people. It is like kind of hodgepodge. Yeah. Uh, I actually am kind of going to go thumbs down because of that, I think. Yeah, I agree. What about fashion? It seems like it was similarly all over the place. I would say sideways. Yeah, I at least like that we got a different era than we usually get, but then some of the costumes. But some of the costumes. You know what has very accurate costumes? Muppet Christmas Carol. (laughs) (laughs) That's the standard we hold all episodes of Unsolved Mysteries to. Maybe they borrowed those costumes from a Muppet Museum. Actually, that's fine. Zero to Muppet Christmas Carol. (laughs) That's a tough deal. I would love that. Compare. So zero yeah. like every time. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, it's no Muppet Christmas Carol. Cecil <laughs> is again this week. Um. Oh, what else do we have to rate? Robert Stack. He okay. He got a little grandiose in this episode. Dramatic. <laughs> I kind of want to pull him down to earth. He's yeah. he's he's like thinking himself to be an honorary American Romanoff and acting he like would. putting pe- putting people in jail because at Christmas. It's good. Just uh, like an Romanov would probably think. Yeah, uh, no. Thumbs down, Robert Stack. You, ground yourself. Yeah. He's, not he got, not he a, got a, little, a little big for his bridges. Not cute. <laughs> well, the only thing we have left to do, besides recommendations, is to rate this on our Robert Stack scale. So of course oh. we have zero. It's not it's not zero to Muppet Christmas Carol. Five for Robert Stacks. Um, I don't know. I didn't really like this episode. I didn't really either. like it. So two. Yeah, I, I think I I'm, two. I'm landing on a two. I'm not a big fan. Gotta say it was it was both sad and long. Which yeah. is the worst combination of improv all the series. Sad and boring. Yeah. Um, Arden, how would you rate the cartoon Anastasia? Oh, okay. I do have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, mm-hmm. Also very pro-Romanov, that <laughs> cartoon. There's a whole song about how great the czar was. Wow. Um, like, all the peasants are like, oh, we miss, we miss being serfs. It was great. Uh, <laughs> we love not eating. It's our favorite thing. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm not saying it was it was always excellent, you know, post czar, but I don't think they were singing in the streets about how much they missed that royal family. <laughs> um, does it hold up as well as uh, it did as a child? I loved that movie as a kid and my mom hated it and now I kind of understand why. Got to say, uh it has a couple really good songs though. Um, so I, would I feel say, like there's not enough cartoon Rasputin in our lives. Like yeah. that's something. Well, that's very true. That's true. I feel like more the more Rasputin content, the better. I would give the cartoon Anastasia movie three point five out of five Robert Stacks. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. 
Should I do a recommendation now? I think you probably should. I kind of had a scramble this week, even though we were off. I really didn't have a recommendation, but then I thought maybe you need something to spend your stimulus money on. So I'm recommending the shop Die With Your Boots On, which is a clothing store in Salem that pretty much just sells black clothing. I mean... What more do you need if you're gotten a lot of links from Liz? (laughs) It's true. It's true. Uh, Not complaining. It's annoying to me that I'm wearing out clothes even though I don't go anywhere. But it's like no one even got to enjoy this. And yet these leggings are done. So I don't know. I needed more like comfy around the house clothes. And I ordered some. I guess around Christmas time, maybe right after Christmas. And they just came and I'm very happy with my my black popcorn giant sweater. I've been looking for like the right so oversized cozy. black cardigan. And now I finally have that. And I got a like tie-dyed black sweatshirt and joggers, as we call them now. <laughs> um, oh, man. So comfortable. I got those in my usual size, and they're like Billie Eilish baggy, but you know what? I'm lying around the house, and I appreciate garments that I can walk a dog in and sleep in. That's something I'm really looking for in clothes right now, so these are perfect. Nice. But it's just a little clothing store in Salem, and I suppose my style of dress could be described as Salem tourist, so it works for me. There you go. Check it out. <laughs> and I was very happy with my purchases. So that is my recommendation. If you have stimulus money, burning a hole in your pocket, and somehow need comfortable pants. Very nice. Well, I also have something to recommend that you could spend. You would have to, I think, spend buy a lot to spend your whole stimulus check <laughs> at the place. But if you're going to go that way, I'm not going to judge you. Um, I'm recommending something potentially random, but it's a company that sells spices. Ooh, okay. This is a company that, um, they actually do have two retail stores in Minnesota, but I was previously on, they were previously unknown to me. Um, I found them through a recommendation that I saw from a a YouTuber I watch. Um, and it's Penzi's Spices. Oh yeah. Love them. Yes. It's good spices. I'm, I'm obsessed, but I specifically wanted to recommend them because, I discovered through that recommendation two of their spice blends. So they sell regular spice, all kinds of spices. And I haven't gotten any. I placed a big order right after Christmas. I'm waiting for an order right now. It's supposed Are to be tomorrow. Okay, so, I, yeah. so I appreciate that you can buy all their stuff online too, because I'm not really going to go to a store. Certainly not for spices. That seems very unnecessary. But their, their yeah. online website is great. And you can also get a lot of samples. But I specifically, yeah. and maybe Arden, maybe you use these blends. You can tell me if you if you agree with my recommendation. I'm recommending the Sunny Paris Classic, which is amazing. So I'm not an egg person. Like I don't really eat eggs for breakfast or any time. I mean, I don't hate them, but I'm not really that into eggs. Except since I've discovered this spice blend, I I love eggs now. I want to eat them all the time right. because it's so delicious. It's like chives and onions. I, I don't know we what don't all is in that stuff. I love but it on salmon. Amazing. And the other one I want to recommend is their Italian herb blend, which is 
I've never had a strong opinion about Italian seasoning. It's whatever. It's been whatever to me. But since I discovered theirs, I put this shit on everything and it makes everything I cook so much. I'm not a good cook. Travis is normally the cook in our family. I've started doing more cooking since quarantine. I'm enjoying it a little bit more, but I'm not good at it. Except when I put this on shit, it makes it (laughs) delicious. (laughs) So, and then I also, I placed a big order for them and I wanted to make it count. So I bought like some of their hot chocolate. That was delicious. I bought some of their taco seasoning. That was super good. So cinnamon, they have excellent cinnamon. No, so we have so much cinnamon in this house. I should buy some and I was tempted because I figured I I was also tempted to get some of their pumpkin pie spice, but I also have a lot of that. I have Um, regular cinnamon and special cinnamon and they're my special cinnamon <laughs> okay oh, now i gotta right. place another order <laughs> amazing you're you're gonna be like oh i have cinnamon then you're gonna be like oh my god i might have been wrong i don't know what this other shit is because this is cinnamon that's gonna be <sighs> okay i'm definitely gonna place another order i i since i haven't done a lot of cooking in my life really this year is the first year i've cooked obviously but it's mainly been a means to an end like i gotta eat so right. i gotta cook but I've never really enjoyed it until I've been forced to be at home all the time and needed something to do. So I might as well make some recipes. So I've never been one that's been like, you know, what are what's the latest in spices? But <laughs> I feel like I'm getting there. I prayed. And I gotta say, I really... <laughs> Picturing someone like waking up in the morning, picking up their phone and being like, What's the Siri? What's the latest in spices? Is that not what you do? Because that's it's not. not it might be what I do now. Although I feel like I'm going to stick with them for a little while because I'm very happy with everything I've ordered. They're and, excellent. Uh, um, they're like a, like, you know, no ethical consumption under capitalism and all that. But like for a company, they're pretty good too. They do a lot yeah. of charity work. Um, they have the cutest packaging. anti-Trump, which I love from a spice company. It's just <laughs> random, and I love it. Yeah, they really hate Trump. They package everything with a ton of bay leaves, so then you have those around. Yeah. That's handy. Yeah, no, it's great. They do um, uh, curbside pickup now at their stores, too, which oh. is nice. See, I, when I discovered that they had stores around here, like Liz, I was dying to go browse. So that might be one of my destinations post-COVID. They're so they're vaccinated. Oh, I didn't know they were based in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Yep, they, they're based they have in a store in Minneapolis and they have a store in St. Paul. Yep. The Minneapolis one is right like two doors down from my hairstylist, which I'm sad about now. But it's a nice like browse spices get hair done uh, oh that sounds really nice excellent recommend start making a list like, of things we want to do post-covid as yeah. soon as i get that vaccine that vaccine being all you can eat sushi and i'm gonna go buy a bunch of cinnamon from penzi's oh yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get a blowout to go buy cinnamon like, i didn't think that was going that way but i support you <laughs> i will get my hair done to do anything like yeah. just leaving the house will be such That's an what event we've decided we're gonna like get ready for prom like all for the just time every everyday activities just to yeah. meet up for brunch i can't wait arden did you have a recommendation you wanted to share with us i do actually um so and you guys actually already know this one so sort of i know there's been a lot of jokes about like oh people who bought 2020 planners you know, I'm <laughs> really regretting that now. I did I, not. I, I, I did. my 2020 planner the other day. I pulled out my purse because I was going to switch purses and my 2020 planner was in it. Completely empty. <laughs> so I, 
I still used mine. I'm very much a physical planner person, um, just because actually writing things down helps me remember things. And if nothing else, I use it as a, like a secondary like package tracker, so I can <laughs> like keep track of all of my insane quarantine purchases to like try to keep my serotonin afloat. But <laughs> that I'm makes like sense to me. I'm trying to manifest a better 2021 uh, with a new planner. I got the Coloring Book of Shadows planner for a magical 2021, uh, which I, I think Liz might also be getting. I actually got it after you recommended it. I like it. I'm really enjoying it. It's part coloring book and it has some like witchy stuff, but it's also a practical planner with like enough space to actually write stuff down. Because I think sometimes the really like ornate planners aren't actually that practical, but this is sort of in vain with the Pop Witch Planner you recommended a few years back which they don't seem to make anymore no the, one of those. the pop i got the pop witch planner last year and then sadly didn't end up using my planner and she said that that was going to be the last year i'm sure it takes a lot of time to make and she wanted to like make other stuff um but i did get this planner because even though i hadn't been writing everything down I do need to like remember due dates and shit. And I was like, yeah. all right, I should probably actually put that in a planner and just trying to remember everything. And like every so. week has a different like little coloring sheet, which is so it's, cute. It's really little, well designed. Yeah. It has a little brownie with like a magic spoon and she's like stirring some like tea and it's adorable. Like there's like all... places for your notes. There's things to color. Mm-hmm. There's like a, some witchy information at the beginning yeah. and a place and to like throughout like every yeah. season and every month has like a start that has like more information and all of like the major like witch holidays have their own page too and it's really cute also I'm a terrible witch who's really bad at like remembering that's like oh it's the equinox today whoops um so that I think that's going to be helpful <laughs> for me personally to be uh maybe a better witch in in 2021 but I think, you know, if you can use a little brightness and uh, a physical packaged plan- planner and tracker for some reason, <laughs> I think it's a, a good one. It, it was pretty inexpensive for the paperback, too. I sprung for the spiral bound. There's also a hardcover. I like that. The they, sp- I couldn't find a spiral. It's I think it was sold out. out. Yeah, I, I was, I I was sad about that, but. Oh did well, you get the hardcover or the soft I cover? I didn't. I got soft cover, and I kind of regret it. But what you know, it's only got to make it through the year. It doesn't have to last right. forever. <laughs> about planners is like they're not really a long term commitment. Uh, there's a part at the beginning where you can like do some sort of fortune telling for each month of the upcoming mm-hmm. year, and I did a like year in advance tarot reading for the you know like new year and so we'll see uh, five listeners we can see what happens but according to my reading basically nothing happened until september and then (laughs) september was the world card so i don't know what's happening is that me getting the vaccine and i actually gonna leave my house don't know (laughs) but everything was like you know like you're home you're stable like you don't you your and en- creative energy is blocked. It was like very like nothing happens, nothing happens, and then it gets to September. So we'll see. Okay. That doesn't sound bad, at least. No, it doesn't sound bad, but I was like, I hope it's not like somehow it's worse. 
Right. Yeah. A little. But it, I think but we're it just, seems I think positive. We're just traumatized now. And we're like, oh, something's <laughs> happening. It must be worse. It must be bad. Yeah. It, the, the meth gators are back right. with, the, with the murder hornets in their mouths. The meth gators got snow coats in their Minnesota now. Yep. No! <laughs> that is my nightmare. Yep. It's a meth gator that's going to, like, bring up embarrassing things you did as a child. Checks out. Oh, God. No. Leave me alone, meth gator. (laughs) Okay. So, you should rate us five stars. You should subscribe to this podcast. You should, I don't know, sign up for a Patreon. You can hear us talk about the Unsolved Mysteries reboot and maybe get some coloring sheets. You should send them snacks. You should send us snacks. We do have an Amazon wish list, so you can check it out. Uh, We don't plug that very often, but if there's something on there that uh, you want to send to us, we wouldn't turn it down. Um, Pro tip, get a little wine drunk, start going through it, decide you really deserve all of it, get a little like about it, send them snacks. Don't send a card, so they're really confused. Yes, It (laughs) it may have happened. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you can find all our contact stuff at perhapsitsyou.com if you have a spooky story of something that happened to you you could email us at perhapsitsyoupodcast at gmail.com or if you've had a psychic dream mm. I would really love some more psychic dream stories and hopefully that one about me bowling and getting COVID is not real I hope that was not a psychic dream that was a stress dream not a psychic dream mom you were trying to make me bowl <laughs> I mean, I would go bowling if there wasn't a pandemic. <laughs> we're ever gonna do again? You're gonna go put on someone else's shoes? I mean, it's not my first choice. I don't think that's how you get COVID, but also gross. I'm not gonna chance it. All right, <laughs> I, I'm definitely not. Don't I'm not like going tomorrow. Don't worry. No. I'm not. I'm not risking death to go bowling, a, an activity I'm not even very interested in. It's not even roller skating. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's it, everybody, right? Was that everything? Oh, Arden, did you want to say where people could find you? Oh, yeah. I'm at uh, MPLS underscore mermaid on Instagram. If you want to, like, come see me be a ghost slut and a human slut on there, check it out. If you want to see an Instagram page that's a thousand stuff times more popular than ours, go to that one. <laughs> Yes. Thanks, everybody.